Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Last week, we were number two uh, the entire week for Hockey Charts, which is ridiculous. Thank you so much for supporting the show. It means a lot to us. And if you want to listen to our bonus episodes, you can go to Patreon.com right now for a cup of coffee price. You can listen to every bo- every episode of Greg and I reacting to the playoffs. It's up 30 minutes after playoff games. Live and suffer with us and have some fun with us. It's been the entire playoffs. It's been quite the ride. I've been podcasting like every other day. It's been fun. All right. Uh, you can also get BSBOT access. You knew that already. And also Discord access and more. Fun. All right. With today's show, we were supposed to have Matthew Estevez. He got sick on, so we called our... Good friend Fitz, he came on, we talked Rangers hockey. Talking for a straight hour. You know how it goes. Let's get to the show. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bush Rebecca fans, welcome to another week of the Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, of a, of a website called Patreon.com, where you support this stupid podcast that we do every single week about the New York Rangers for the last 343 weeks. For the now, the New York Rangers are up 2-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the sky is falling. Gregory, how are you? Okay, uh, speaking of the New York Rangers, let's talk about Pedro Martinez for a second. Uh, Gret- Ma- Matt Great, yes. Former Matt Great. This was in 2001 at the peak of his powers with the then Boston Red Sox. Uh, Pedro Martinez did an interview. Remember Sports Illustrated for kids? I do. Sports Yeah, I remember it. It was like, yeah, you got fantastic. a couple magazines when you were a kid. That was one of the big yeah. five. Zoo Magazine. Yeah, and they or, would, you know, a thing yeah. I always loved in Sports Illustrated for kids is like Nick you magazine? would get the nine completely cheap ass, not even really cardboard, but definitely not baseball card material. Yep. Sports cards in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Pedro Martinez, 2001, does an interview with Sports Illustrated. I'm just going to read you the questions and his answers, Ryan. And it's very on brand for... It makes me think that we should get Pedro Martinez um, on the podcast. Uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids asks, favorite color? He says, green. Favorite book? He responds, whatever. Gets better. He says, favorite actress? Sandra Bullock. 2001 Sandra Bullock? I mean, Sandra Bullock at any time. Oh, chef's kids. Love it. Uh, secret ambition was the next question. And Pedro responds, I would like to fuck Sandra Bullock. In which... At which time, the interviewer, oh, the interviewer, hold on, no, hold on, I'm not done. The interviewer interrupts him and says, now you have to remember, this is a children's magazine, so you have to amend that answer. How does Pedro Martinez, greatest pitcher of all time, amend his answer? I would like to sleep with Sandra Bullock. Love Pedro Martinez. Absolute legend. The Rangers are up 2-1 in the Easter Conference Finals. <laughs> 
This is how we start the show. Yeah, I, I can't think of a better way. Uh, I don't want to talk about Jacob Truba. I just want to talk about Nick Kids. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Nick Kids? No, come on! <laughs> Nintendo Life. Okay, let's... Uh, I Pedro, my God. Let's, let's restart and get into this situation. The Rangers won the first two games handily, Gregory. You're never going to believe it. They uh, The kids took over. I, I we If you haven't heard, we do a Patreon podcast called BSBOT. What? We, we, I know, crazy for a cup of coffee or whatever, whatever you want. I don't know how other podcasters do this. You can listen to us react to all the games. We're not going to cover all the games in depth because we did them already, like half-hour-long shows seconds after the game ended. Game one, kids take over. MSG goes bumping. Rangers, uh, Rangers Lightning go 2-2. All of a sudden, the Rangers run away with it, score four goals in a row. It's bonkers banana lands. Rangers are going crazy. Game two. Tight game. All of a sudden, Rangers blow it out. Comes 3-1. There's a score late in the third period. Uh, and then the Lightning try and regain. Or we all clench our buttholes, rather. The Lightning try and put some pressure on Igor. It does not matter. Rangers win 3-2. Then we head to game three. Uh, which is... By the way, Jacob Trouba played awesome in game two. No one talks about that. Great. Now... Game three. Ryan, why, why, why would you? Why would you why say would nice you? things? I don't I don't know. Oh game three. God. Also the Jacob Truber game. Two phantom penalties. Not, uh, one definite phantom penalty. And then a tripping, which he was exhausted on. on a... well, you, you know what? Not, not, to, not to completely interrupt you, but I do yeah, want to. It's, it's funny to me. I listened to 32 Thoughts today. Uh, the one they dropped late last night, early this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Monday, I should say. Early Monday morning. And it was interesting hearing their perspective talk about. It's always interesting hearing not us talk about the Rangers, especially complete neutrals who seemingly have such a passive interest in anything going on in New York. That's not a knock on Merrick and Friedman. It, it, it's clear, like, they, they're just, like, very meh about everything happening in New York. That's fine. It's their prerogative, whatever. It was interesting listening to them, though, because they had more problems with the first penalty than the second penalty, which still blows my mind. The first one... I think you could make an argument that it was a soft call. Sure, absolutely. But, like, I could at least see the logic behind calling that a penalty. Truba lost his stick, was grabbing the defenseman. There was danger in the Rangers zone, and he didn't want to be the guy who let a guy skate free to Igor and allow an early, an easy goal opportunity. That one, like, I didn't think it was too soft. It looked like a penalty to me with the naked eye. I got it. To me, it's still the second one. To call it a hold? He's not holding him. He's not even, he's not holding anything. His hand's on him, but he's not holding him. And that one directly led to the game tying goal, which I think changed. Well, I mean, I don't think it changed everything about the game because I still think, and we talked about this on BSBOT, the inflection point in that game is the double minor on the Mika high stick and everything that happened thereafter. The Rangers, in my eyes, lost that game by not doing anything on either that power play or that four on four. But, yeah, it was just very interesting to hear anybody, somebody, essentially say the first penalty was the one they didn't understand. I was like, what? No, what? Come on. It is It is a very strange situation. And the next penalty does get taken by Jacob Truba on that four, uh, on that power play where they have the four-minute power play. He uh, He's trying to get back and has to force a penalty out of a tripping. So – that's when we go to 4v4 hockey, and the Rangers can't ha- they have a chance to steal the game. This is what kind of what we said in summary. They had the chance to steal the game. They could not steal it. They were without Ryan Strom, who is expected to play the day you're listening to this, which I'm very surprised. Barkley Goodrow seems questionable at this point in time. Golan had an ominous sort of, we'll see, I guess, how it's going. Again, uh, he did just take a shot off the ankle that was fractured or broken. 
and then continued to play the rest of the game on it. So I can only imagine the bruising and swelling has gone up and they'll have to get that down before he skates again. I, I think he plays because Barkley Gojo is a psychopath. I don't know if he should for his long-term health, but I think he plays. So the Rangers are up 2-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. The sky was falling all day yesterday. A lot of bad things on the internet. Uh, but yet, if the Rangers take Game 4, I think we all forget about Game 3 rather quickly. Especially if they can finish this game and uh, finish this series in five games. Now, there are the Tampa Bay Lightning are, are a very strong team. They were, they're not to be trifled with. They will come out swinging, just like they did last time uh, in Game 3 here. And they will not have Braden Point yet again. John Cooper has announced that Braden Point will not play. I remember, he said he said earlier in the series that Braden Point likely was not going to play this series, but has been skating for about 60 minutes every single day. We still don't know the injury with Braden Point. We'll have Matthew Estevez uh, of Raw Charge on later to discuss. I uh, just texted you. No, we won't. Oh, we will not have. <laughs> okay. Eliva. Yeah, he's... He's, uh, he didn't want to, he says it's not COVID, but he can't stop coughing. Got so it. So he, 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 he has to, he has to borrow, which if you ask me, Ryan, it's good. It's good news. Good vibes for the Rangers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be recording for the next hour. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll, we'll do some live podcast. Live this po- is terrible. I'm just going to text Fitz. Yeah. I'll take Woj. <laughs> What's up? There you go. Uh, but yeah, no. So. The Braden Point narrative, which is what we were saying before we did some, uh, I tried to just sneakily text you behind the scenes to let you know, you apparently a good podcaster, don't check your phone during recording. And sometimes I do, I had it next to me, but I was, on a, I was on a rant, kind of recapping, looking at things, talking about players who are really succeeding right now, like Mika Sabinajad, who's going to, uh, who would win the Smythe if it ended today, that's for sure. Uh, I, I don't know if you would, man. Cal, I, this, this is our East Coast bias really coming in where we are just seeing the Rangers play, and I don't think you've watched a lot of Avalanche games. But Cal McCarr, I think right now, is probably your cons my favorite. Just because he's an actual monster? Just- yeah. he's. I mean, and the Avalanche are just crushing the entire Western Conference, and they're making it look easy. Uh, but I don't. I, I, let's put a pin in Braden Point because I want to come back to that. But now I have an interesting question for you. Who is, in your eyes, the New York Rangers consmite um, candidate? You mean other than Mika Zibanejad? You think it's Mika? Uh, first yeah. And foremost? Yeah, you're, oh. you're, you're going to say Igor? I probably would. I honestly, I think Heedle's got a good shot. No. I, I think. You, you really think Mika is having that better of a playoff than Heedle? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think, I it's, I think it's Igor, Mika, gap. Like, big, pretty sizable gap. And I, no, no, no disrespect to Philip Heedle, who's had a breakout uh, series, yeah, playoffs. Let's I be guess, honest. I guess my eyes are still cluttered by like, yeah, Mika's on fire now, but I haven't forgotten the first four games of that Pittsburgh since, series when since Game Five of that series, Mika's been a has been a different man. They're, they, I know, but they the only to, reason the Rangers they, they have to adjust. The only reason to him. the I know, but all, the only reason the Rangers survived, I think, is because of Phil Heedle and the kid line. And I think Heedle's been the best of the kids. Mm. So it's hard for me. Like, I'm a totality guy. I admit that. I, I mean, I don't admit. I acknowledge that Mika Zibanejad right now is red hot, scorching hot. And it's very clear the Tampa Lightning have completely changed their entire penalty kill structure to shut down Mika Zibanejad. They're throwing three guys in front of them every time in the circle. Uh, and it's forced, it's going to force Artemi Panarin to be a little bit more selfish, which I'm all for, by the way. Two thumbs up on the power play. And it, it's great. The Rangers don't get to this point without Mika going on this run. 
But I don't think Mika has a chance to get on this run if Phil Heedle wasn't carrying this team for the large part of the Pittsburgh series. I really don't. So it's the numbers are going to say Mika because he plays the power play. He's getting the goals. It's absolute. There's there's no arguing with the final point total. But I, I, I just think the most important player for the Rangers these playoffs, if you don't want to give it to Igor Shosturkin, Phil Heedle, in my eyes. Wow, to me, it's not close. I mean, I, and I, this is no disrespect. Hands up to, to Philip Heedle. He's been fucking awesome. I think I think if we had to rank top five, he probably fits in my three or four situation. I'd have Fox before him as well. I'd have, I, I think I'd have Mika, Igor, Fox, then Heedle. I think yeah, that's where Fox I, has looked rough in different parts. He's of got like series. 15 you points. Know, you know what ridiculous. I can compare this to? You know what I can compare this to? This is like if Mika Zibanejad and Phil Heedles were pitchers, right? Mika in the first <laughs> this game. This is what you compare series. this to. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, hold on, hold on. Hear me no, out. No, I know. I, just I think like this is a good one. Of course, you compare it to. Well, yeah, it's I go. I go to where I go. I, I know go who best, you are. Man. Everybody knows who you are. Yeah, he Mika went out in game one, gave up five runs in four innings, struck out two batters, walked four. Horrific start, awful. Feels like it throws everything off in your series. But then he comes back in three-day rest, and he goes seven innings, gives up three hits, ten strikeouts. It comes back on three days rest again for game seven, goes eight innings, no runs, 9K, something like that. Whereas Heedle, Heedle was the guy who started game two, gives you seven and a third, gives up two runs, seven hits, six strikeouts, maybe three walks. It's a great start. It's the start you needed, all while your bats wake up, right? And then Heedle does the same thing. So it's like, are the two, are the last two starts from Mika good enough to cancel out that first real stinker he had? And in my eyes, I just think Heedle's been doing this all playoff long. He's been that guy. How We've come on every OT and we've gushed about the kids, even the games the Rangers lose. And I think the leader of the pack right now on that kid's line is Phil Heedle. And it's hard for me to, to me, Points aren't everything. We say this in the regular season. I don't think it's any different in the playoffs. Just because a guy's putting up a lot of points doesn't mean he's a great player. And just because a guy isn't putting up that many points doesn't mean he isn't having a significant impact on the game. And to me, Phil Heedle is like, he's not leading the Rangers in points, no. But he's scoring a ton, and he's just been this consistent backbone for the team. Think about it. Who do they move up to the top line in order to get Mika and Kreider going? It was Phil Heedle. Like, does does Mika go on this run if, like, Gallant doesn't like the fire under the entire team saying, these three kids are my best three players right now, all the rest of you suck, and I'm putting the best of them on the top line to try to get Mika Zibanejad going? And Hedl played one of his best games that night. Really hard for me to, to say. For, to say it's not close feels inaccurate. I understand the argument against Phil Hedl if you want to take Mika Zibanejad, but I think the totality of the playoff performance, which is what the cons might – is supposed to honor, it's really hard for me to say that Mika Zibanejad from start to finish has had a better playoff than Phil Heedle. Not gonna, not trying to be like the just check the stats guy, but... But you are. I, yeah, but I'm doing it right now. Mika Zibanejad has 24 points. He's played 20 minutes a night. He's absolutely... Fox has 23, by the way. And he, they're both... They're, Fox has played 27 minutes a night. Philip Heedle's only averaging 13-39. Like he's not getting the same matchups. They're they're game planning around Mika Zibanejad, who who by the way is establishing his Ovechkin office on the left side of the ice. 
It's been it's been very strange to watch, and and not only that, because Vinajad started winning faceoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning until they absolutely shut him down. By we were like, you know what we're gonna do? Just put Sorelli or McDonough on Mika Zibanejad. They've game planned around Mika Zibanejad. They haven't been able to do that with Philip Hill because that's but the actually, depth they have. They they broke up that top line because they realized the kid line was crushing them, and they needed to have more players further down the lineup to match up with the kids. That's why they took Sorelli. They kept Sorelli on Zibanejad absolutely. But they broke that lineup specifically to answer the kids. So I, I understand what you're saying. And I understand it's jarring to see the power play or the penalty kill unit adjusted so distinctly to favor the Mika Zibanejad side of the ice. But the reason Tampa Bay broke up that top line is because they felt they were too top heavy and they felt the kids were eating them alive because the kids were. And that I, I, I'm just Team Heedle. I'm Team Heedle. This is the best. This is one of my favorite arguments we've ever had because it's just such a good and fun argument. <laughs> it's like- yeah, it's like which one of these two players playing great? By the way, we're both ignoring Igor Shosturkin, who just dropped another forty-eight save performance in a losing effort. We're ignoring that guy and saying, "Well, if it's not him, then who?" So it's it's truly like next level shit. But I do want to, I do want to go back to Braden Point because sure. I, I I think it's interesting the way his injury is being covered where. I don't know if you get this vibe. It's a vibe I'm definitely sitting on. Um, also, by the way, uh, Fitz says he can call in at 8 o'clock. So we have a guest. Huh. Good, good news. Uh, the way the media is covering Braden Point, it's as if – I'm not saying they don't believe John Cooper every time Cooper says, I don't think he's playing. It's more being covered like, I hope he's wrong. And it's, it's, it's a little weird where, like – I don't know. How many times does Cooper have to say he's far away? He's probably not playing this series. Do miracles happen? Yes. But it's all, it almost feels to a certain extent that the national media is rooting for Braden Point to come back, which feels a little disingenuous. Like, the fact that we know Braden Point skated for 65 minutes today. Do we know how long Sammy Blaze skated for? I, I understand. They're two That's a really players. good point. That's a really but good it's, point. But it's like... If you come out and you tell me Sammy Blaze skated for 90 minutes and we all agree that he's nowhere near being ready, like what does the 65 mean? Give me the context. Instead, they're just saying, well, he skated for 65 minutes as if that is supposed to tell me enough. Right now, all I know is what John Cooper says. And John Cooper is not Gerard Glant. Where like Gerard Glant says Ryan Strom's going to play tomorrow, I give it about a 30% chance by him saying that. <laughs> but See, I, I believe him this time. And maybe shame on me because I'm a dummy. But with Cooper, it's like Cooper's very clear. He's not playing. He came out a day early and said Braden Point is not playing. And it's like the national media is like, yeah, well, you're not going to get this one by us. I'm like, he's not trying to fool anybody. He's just telling you the truth. And I just, their nuggets is almost like, yes, Braden Point's coming back. Braden Point's coming back. We're going to add this narrative. Braden Point's coming back. I'm just like, can you tell me what the 65 minutes mean? Like, was he just out there? Was he just putting water on his shorts again? Is that more or less than what Sammy Blay was doing? And again, not comparing the players, but if we're just talking about two guys coming off injury where the lineups could possibly use their presence, Rangers could probably use Sammy Blay right now, especially if Barclay Glidrow isn't 100%. Tell me how many minutes he skated. Why don't I have updates on Sammy Blay? Like, I'm getting on fucking Braden Point. I understand that it's because Braden Point is a star and Sammy Blay is just the guy you got for Pavel Buchnevich. But at the same time, you're not giving me context. You're just saying shit. And you're making me, like, you're trying to trick me into thinking what the coach is saying isn't true. And if this was Gerard Gallant, I'd tip my cap and say, you have to do that. I understand completely. But we followed John Cooper enough to know 
He's just telling it like it is. He's not playing. Yeah, so he's, he's not a Gallant situation coach. He's pretty straightforward, even with Emily Kaplan yeah, you, on the bench. You want, to know, you want to know how I know John Cooper isn't a Gallant-like coach? Because John Cooper didn't decide one day to change how his last name was pronounced. Just on a whim. Yeah. It was Black, it was Black Friday. And Gallant goes to ESPN and is like, by the way, my last name that we've been saying for more than two decades, you've been saying it wrong. Just going to put that out there. It's not like John Cooper, right? Or Yonatan. Like, we're not changing John's name in any way, shape, or form. Because he tells it like it is. I don't know. Fucking weird, Ryan. It, it throws me for a loop. Very strange. Uh, yeah, so the Rangers head back to Game 4 at MLA Arena. Uh, we don't really expect any changes if Ryan Strom plays, correct? I think it's just maybe Rooney in for Goodrow if that's the case. Other than that, I'm not sure there's anything else. No, if because... If Strom and Goodrow can take the ice, whether they're 100% or not, they're going to take the ice. It would have to be something where they physically can't stand up to keep them out of this game. And I've seen enough of Ryan Lindgren to know the New York Rangers have the good good. So they'll put the good good in these guys and they'll have to gut it out. But I, I think I saw someone tweet out Gauthier was skating today. He ain't coming in. Not if these guys can play. And if it's just one of them out, it's definitely Rooney. Would you? Because Rooney has built would a Would you trust. put Gauthier over Rooney? I don't think so. Oh, God, no. No. Especially with how the Rangers... I, there's a narrative around Kevin Rooney that insists he's a very good face-off guy. So considering the Rangers... Though the Rangers have been doing well on the face-off dot so far in this series. No, I don't think you can take Gauthier off the subway car. I think you'd have to go with someone that's at least seen the ice these playoffs. And to me, it's very clear that Rooney's the 13th man. Yeah, I, I don't think it's Hunt by any measure whatsoever. It's definitely not uh, Gauthier. I mean, when was the last time we saw Gauthier? Was it February? Sorry, I, I can't. You're, all of a sudden, you're putting him in the biggest game of the year? Gauthier? <laughs> like, I, I would totally put Rooney in there. I know he's going to roll four lines no matter what happens, but I would just rather have uh, someone that could win a faceoff. They're going to start. Rooney and Reeves in the offensive zone. It's going to drive me crazy. But I don't know. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're up 2-1. What am I going to say? Uh, that, that's just it. So I don't expect too many changes. I think uh, Ryan Strom, Panarin, Cop will be the exact same deal if Strom can go. Seems like Gallant says he's ready. Gallant, whatever. Uh, I, I wonder, the real thing you have to look out for is if what Gallant's going to do to get back on his adjustments for this game. Was he going to leave the well, kid, kid line out longer? Is he going to play those matchups to try and force Cooper to deal with the kid line a little bit more at 5v5? Because the kid line, by the way, has been the best 5v5 line, and it hasn't really been close. Right, but I guess the question we can have and the conversation we can have, are you – we were on OT pretty hive mind saying Goodrow's the guy that comes up if Strom can't go and you keep the kid line together. But I will at least give you this opportunity to say you've always wanted Capococco back on that line with Artemi Panarin and you'd have an opportunity to get it. And you can make an argument that maybe just putting a defensive forward with Heedle and Lafreniere and let, allowing them to cook lets you do that. But yeah, I don't I, I know. Can't I can't I'm going to back off on this. I really can't break the kid line up right now. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. And like, yeah, no, I, I think... I've been beating I that drum all year, do, Greg, and I'm backing off of it right now. Yeah, but, well, I think there's some reasoning for it, right? The first line's humming. The kid line's humming. So you have two offensive lines there. And I understand it sounds weird to say, 
Well, it doesn't even – I don't even need it to sound weird. You have a one-man offense in Artemi Panarin when he's on, right? So you can just you're, – you're, you're rolling the dice a little bit because Panarin's game's been up and down all playoffs long. But you could make an argument that Kopp is a perfectly capable Strom replacement. We have no doubts about Andrew Kopp's abilities. And we saw what Artemi Panarin was able to do with guys like Jesper Foss on his line when he was at his apex. So you make the argument that you have Goodrow out there, two very good face-off guys, by the way. So if someone gets kicked out of the dot, the other guy gets to step in. And you have Goodrow, who will play a more defensive-minded role to keep pucks in offensive zones for Panarin to work his magic with, all while, again, uninterrupting the Mika line and uninterrupting the kid line. It does make me worry a little bit because the fourth, I mean, the fourth line's been humming, but I wonder, I mean, it's not like Mott and Reeves can't continue to do what they do with Kevin Rooney between them. That's essentially what the line was before Barkley Goodrill came back. So, yeah, I mean, it's nuts. The Rangers, we're, we're having a discussion about how the Rangers replace an injured player in their top six. And it's like, yeah, we got a lot of good options. Maybe too many good options. So we're just going to go with the most neutral You, you haven't even options. gone to, like, the psychopath options yet, which are the people that would talk about Othman or Kraftstop coming over. <laughs> it's like, what? I've heard way... I've heard way too much about Offman in these playoffs. You guys think what the fuck? You guys think Brendan Offman, who's like 19 years old or 18, who's never played an NHL game, the Rangers are going to be like, you know what? Now's the time. We're up to one in the Eastern Conference Finals. He knows nothing just, about the system. Is no you're chemistry. Gonna bring, you're going to bring in another literal child, and you're going to stick him in the top six against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Are you on crack? Why am I hearing his name? Like, it's unfair to him. Yeah. Let alone, when you brought it, when the Rangers brought in Chris Kreider, he was a, I, I, I think it's hard. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say a hot take. I think the NCAA is a harder game to play than these junior leagues in Canada. I think these point totals are absolutely fucking ridiculous. It's, it's rec hockey. They're playing against a lot of people who aren't going to see any pro level ice in their careers. Whereas in the NCAA, you're getting college kids who are just, even the ones that aren't going to make it to the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, they're just like dicks. They're douchebags. And they're going to make your life a living hell. They're going to fucking treat you like shit. Especially if you're playing your hockey in Boston, where you have BU, BC, UMass, where Harvard. Where for everybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Even Providence has a very good team. It's it's madness out there. I think Kreider came in at his age a lot more prepared for playoff hockey than this kid who was playing in what? Where was it? The, 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 what? It's, it's the now, QMHL, I believe. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, fuck it. I don't – I'm sticking to it, Ryan. He never sees a Ranger jersey. I've been on this take for a while. That man is getting traded because the Rangers got other needs. And he's going to be used for it. And you know what? I believe that even more now because they don't have their first-round pick this year. Othman will not be a Ranger. He ain't coming now. He ain't coming ever. That motherfucker getting traded. And I hope you motherfuckers that keep putting his name on my timeline cry. Cry. Currently, he's playing with the Firebirds. Yeah, he's Brent Beatty. I hate both of them. Trade them both. Give me good players. I think he ends up staying because the Rangers have cap problems and they need cheap players. So I think I think he's a dick. And I blame all the prospect nerds out there for making me feel this way. <laughs> you don't think he's a dick. You don't even know him. I don't know. 
You know what? If he comes on this podcast and he challenges me to that point, touche. Fair enough. Oh, but I'm just Othman. Like Othman's gonna. I, it's just what? very, very strange that that was what we're doing. I was like, well, Othman, oh what, what is this? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm not. High? Listen, I think Rooney's fine. Uh, is is Othman a better player long term? Yeah, of course. But Rooney knows the system and he has Galant's trust. What that's all you, you really think? You really think Brennan Othman would be more useful to the Rangers than just putting Barclay Goodrow on the top six against the Tampa Bay Lightning, no. two wins away from a Stanley Cup? No, final. you know I don't think that. You absolutely Jesus. know I don't think that. Jeez, Louise. If if there's anything, it, it's not just that. It's like I'd unless have, Brennan I'd Othman have is just, off. I'm just be honest. Unless, <laughs> he ain't coming either, right? Yeah. Got news for you there. But like. For the first time all playoffs, what's the one thing I'm not really worried about the New York Rangers doing? Creating offense. So unless you're telling me that Brennan Hoffman is this sick, selkie, future-winning defensive forward, I don't have an interest in his game. The Rangers don't need it. It's superfluous. You know what I, I do need a guy. I, I hate. I hate that I'm about to say this. Oh, I'm about boy. to carpenter it up real good. We're I need a guy old. who plays with some jam. Uh, we're getting so old. It's great. <laughs> such a... We've changed so much in the seven years. I, what we really do need is Keandre Miller playing that second power play, though. Woo! Because oh my god, yeah, it, yeah. All the all the Truba, The only Truba criticism I agree with isn't even Truba's fault. I don't know why he's the quarterback. I said this on OT. You have Keandre Miller. He's really soiling his oats when it comes to dominating in the offensive zone you we've seen him go one-on-one coast-to-coast rushes to create offense for the rangers i'm very confused why he's not playing top uh second power play minutes which on a normal night only sees 30 seconds of ice time once upon a time um you remember yeah yeah but you way back when back in the day when ryan mcdonough was wearing the c for the new york rangers you and i would have conversations on this year podcast wondering why mcdonough was playing on the top power play unit because at some point you just have to buy time for him not to be on the ice. And he was too important for the team at five on five. And he was too important to the team on the penalty kill. So stop playing in power play minutes too and let him save his legs. And I wonder if that mindset is being used with one of their younger defensemen, Keandre Miller, who's still relatively new to the position. Like they're already using Adam Fox in this high leverage role, right? So do they want to also burn Keandre Miller in the same way and let him be more impactful at five on five? So that's why you're rolling out Justin Braun out, uh, not Justin Braun, Jacob Truba out there because at least you know with Truba when he's out there he's going to put pucks on net and he's going to do it with some gusto. He is going I can to see the reasoning. A puck. That's for sure. Yeah, I can see the reasoning, but I disagree with it just because we know how the second power play is used on most nights, which sees on average in total one extra minute of ice time. And I only saw time because there was the extended the extended power. That's play. it. Yeah. So to me. If you're going to ride power play one as hard as the Rangers do, right. I don't know why you're hesitant not to put Keandre on power play two. Yeah, right there with you. Especially the the big problems for Truba where he's been exploited this postseason has been on that power play where he tries to enter the zone and he gets either the puck taken away from him or he gets uh, just kind of manned up and the puck slips away and there's a breakaway. Those have been, if you want to look at the bad parts of Jacob Truba's game, I can't really argue with you there. But the the blaming him for yesterday's loss thing, I don't really get it. I still don't. I still don't really get it. Team game had the chance to steal the game, couldn't. Sucks. On to game four. Yeah, I. To me, the the thing that's most shocking is yes, the Rangers lost. By the way, the I don't even really love advantage. Jacob Truba. Like, I, I, he's not like in my top ten favorite Rangers. And the fact that I have to defend him sometimes sucks. It really does. It sucks. <laughs> well, who is? Oh man. This is this is like this is a good. much less serious case of us being like on Nemeth. Um, <laughs> that when we're like, listen, something's going on with Nemeth, so we can't criticize him. Let's try to be nicer to the guy. 
with Truba, for me, yes, the Rangers had a four-minute power play that Truba cut in half by taking what he felt was a necessary penalty to stop a goal-scoring opportunity in a tie game, which, by the way, once again, did not put the Rangers on a penalty kill. It was four-on-four hockey. And they still did not capitalize. Exactly. Yeah, which, you know, at four-on-four hockey, you're allowed to possess the puck and be aggressive in the offensive zone. That's something you can do. It not, I understand it's easier to do when you're up a man, for sure. But it's like that we forgive the four-on-four four being just a wet fart because Truba took the penalty. And we also ignore the 90 seconds of power play time the Rangers had before that, where, quite frankly, they didn't look good. And it led to Jacob Truba having to take a penalty to stop a goal-scoring opportunity going the other way. So it's, it's And the Rangers convenient. got caved in with the last three minutes of the game, where, by yeah. the way, it was still tied, and they had a chance to bring it to overtime and also win the game. Cool. It's very convenient to say Jacob Chuba went over three with three Ks and a walk in that game, right? Bad. But it's like there are eight other guys in the lineup. At some point, you have to look at the rest of the guys and be like, hey, aren't you guys the friendship and the love and hugs team that, you know, steps up for one another when the guy's having a bad game? What's up with that? You're not going to pick Chuba up? Chuba brought you all here. He's general manager. He built the roster. I can't argue with that. They're all his best friends. <laughs> cop, cop, Frank, they're all they're all Truba's best friends. Cop, Frank, Mott. Yep. DeAndre Miller is like on the verge of tears talking about Jacob Truba. So yeah. here's my thing. If you're going to be riding Miller the way we do, and by God, do I ever want to ride DeAndre Miller. All for it. Sign me up. Phrasing, but not really because yeah. the truth. Yep. No, no, I meant what I said. <laughs> if we're yeah. going to ride that Miller train, you have to give credit to his fucking mentor. And whether you hate Jacob Truba on a personal level right, or just yep. a straight hockey level, guess what? Keandre Miller is spreading his wings because Truba taught him how to fly. So kiss my ass, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> this podcast, man. What a wild time it is. All right. Um, any – oh, five-star questions before 50? I think so. Yeah, that, absolutely. That sounds good. Yeah, sure. I told him to call right at eight, but we could also just do five star with Fitz. That's fine. Call it Fit Star questions. Fit Star questions. He'll come right in. A little a little boom noise. Uh, this F F twenty nine asks or EP twenty nine asks. Hey guys, quick question. Why not us? Great question. I think it's a great question. Uh, Good question. Your, I wish they put that on a shirt. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, SPBD1513, what are your thoughts on the comparison of this Rangers playoff runs and the Bengals playoff run this year? Hmm, I like that. What? The Bengals and the Rangers. Do you? Uh, yeah, because the Bengals weren't really supposed to make it, and all of a sudden the Rangers. Win no, the- and you could also make you could make an argument that a, a lesser talented team, the Raiders, probably should have beat them in the first round. Yes, but I mean Pittsburgh is, is Pittsburgh's not more talented than the Rangers. I don't think so. I don't. No, but the Ra- the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders had Khalil Mack, right? So like, yeah, Khalil Mack is a Sidney Legendary Crosby player? level. Yeah, legendary player. Probably, probably. I mean, Crosby is better. I. You know what? No. Crosby is in the NFL is essentially like it's Tom Brady. If not Brady, it's someone of like Rodgers. Yeah. So I guess close. it's not I think Khalil McDavid's Rodgers and then But still, like the Bengals could have lost you could make a lot of reasons why the Bengals should have lost that first round, just like you could with the Rangers, including wasn't there like some real real janky uh official call in that game that took points off the board for the Raiders, I think? I I don't remember. I was at a, I was actually at Rangers Flyers, as weird as that is. Um, oh, I was in Savannah for a wedding. Weird. Well, a yeah. lifetime ago, to be honest with you. By the way, if you want to leave a five-star question, it's on our Patreon. Go to uh, our Discord and leave a question in the five-star disc, five-star question channel. This is from not Chris also Curry's just gonna show. take just gonna take this reminder. 
don't respond to the questions that are asked in the five star <laughs> channel. I, I respond in the other channel. I should make a discussion one. I'll do that tonight. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, no, not from Chris. Not Chris Jury's burner. Should we sign three-time Grammy Award-winning baritone John Bracy to a five v five and try to bur- buy him to get a big t- or do we get try and get a bridge deal with him instead? We sign him to long term. That man is the new official MSG anthem singer. It's not close. Not close. There are. I, I got to tell you, there are a lot of people I'm excited to have on the podcast that we've been able to reach out to in the last couple of weeks because you guys are nuts and you've been shooting us up the charts. I don't think there's a guest I'm looking more forward to having on this pod than John Brancy once the playoffs are done. Yeah, he's a. Uh, it's hard to get me emotional with an anthem. That man. I just. I, I have so many. I just have so many questions. Like I. I I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Fitz. Hey. Oh, wow. hello there, guys. We're already recording. Thanks for calling in. Oh well, this is uh, this is uh, Fitz from cell phone. You know, <laughs> first time, long time. <laughs> are you are you borrowing your mom's cell phone no, though? Don't by call the way, up. we're still recording. Relax. Well, <laughs> well, I have I have the uh, you know, my iPhone seven or something. I actually I heard the episode a couple weeks ago where you were talking about Greg's iPhone SE that I also had for about four years. So you know, I'm, well, I'm behind I, the times. I gotta tell you, Fitz. Even I have upgraded. Oh, God, this is disappointing. This is disappointing. Now I look bad. Now I look like I'm a broke boy. Now you look like you're down 2-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals, Fitz. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> is that what we were saying for, for these days? Uh, no, I mean, well, listen, the, are you devastated that the Rangers are up 2-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals? Or you think the, you think they're done? <laughs> I, I didn't even look at Twitter after the game yesterday because I didn't want to even, even pretend to be, like, upset. Like, obviously, it was annoying because yesterday was, like, the kill shot opportunity. Um, but yeah, like I'm not freaking out. I, I'm not, they're up two one against the Lightning, which is honestly better than what I was thinking they were going to be heading at three games into this. So, I mean, I'm I'm sleeping well. Fitz, you know what I really How didn't are... like. I'm sorry, Greg. Let me ask this question real quick. Wow. You know, what I, really, you wow. know what I really didn't like. I cut you off. It's a great time. No one, not one person who like covers the Rangers or anything like that was like, you know what, Tampa, great team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? They've won two cups, and they have, like, one of the best forwards in the world and another guy who's been playing for, like, uh, I don't know, like 15 years at this point. It was all the Rangers. The they, they suck. That's it. I mean, yeah, like, you you got to give credit to Tampa. I mean, that was it. Like, their backs were literally against the wall, down 2 nothing, both in the series and in the game. And, you know, credit where's credit's due. They fought back. I mean, to me, if, if the Rangers, if Gaudreau doesn't hit the post, uh, on that shorthanded chance, the four on three after that just unbelievable play by Keandre, um, that would have been the kill shot to me. Like that would have been the dagger. Like I think that would have legitimately just been like they're they're done, they're toast. Man, you know what, Fitz? I'm so happy you brought that moment up because for some reason I've just forgotten that moment existed. And you're absolutely right. That was one of those shots too, where like when it came off the stick, I was watching the game with my roommate. Both of us thought it went in just because it looked like the puck somehow hit the inside of the post before coming out. And it, it was one of those shots where like, yeah, it's actually kind of nuts. I think it's because the Rangers had other opportunities later in the game, but that moment hasn't really been a flashpoint for anyone breaking down this Ranger game. And you're right. Goodrow puts that in that breaks their back. I'm not sure. Maybe it's not game set match, but my God, the mountain, the lightning would have had to climb if, if Goodrow of all people, netted that shorthanded goal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
Good call. Yeah, that was it. That was the, that was the shot. And I mean, like he beat him. I mean, he beat him. He just hit the post. And like I, I thought the same thing. I thought it went in. And it reminded me a lot of, you know, to bring up some painful memories, like the McDonough shot in Game Five against the Kings, yeah. where it just hit the hit the post square and like just came right out. But to me, that was like the turning point of that game. Essentially, like they score there, that is a backbreaker. Like four on three power play. You have a three-on-one literally coming into the zone, and then it could have just all been for naught if, if Gaudreau, you know, half an inch to the left or whatever. Um, but, yeah, man, like, it, it, I, I can't complain about too much. Like, the Rangers, the first period, I thought they played really well. Like, they played a perfect road period. The second period, it opened up a little more, which, like, I like and dislike. And then the third period, you know, Tampa just put their foot on the gas, essentially, and, you know, Igor kept them in it. They had a chance. And, you know, now we move to game four. The whole goal of coming back to Tampa was to just win one of these two games. One of these two games. So, you know, they still have a chance. If, if they – if they tomorrow is going to be a war. I mean, like a legitimate war of a game. Like, I bet you 2-1, 3-1 final if I had to guess. I think you're right in, in that sense. I, huh, I think it's going to be close. I, I can't imagine either team kind of just going away with it. The Rangers know they have to know. If if Tampa can claw back and win this year this game, then it's going seven. It's definitely going seven. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, I think the Rangers are going to win Game Five. Pretty much lock that up at home in MSG. Then I can't imagine that we go back down to Florida and we take a game on the road like that in Emily again. So it's got to be tomorrow. Just take the game. I mean, even if you lose, you're, it's going to be a seven game series. But you're trying to win in five. You're trying to win in five. I can't believe I'm even telling you that, Fitz. It's. It's June 6th, and I'm telling you, we're trying to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in five games in the Eastern Conference Finals. That feels like I'm lying to you, and it's happening in front of me. I can see it, and I still feel like I'm lying. But they have the chance. It's all there. And you're still having gotten, like, I know Igor was has been great these first three games, but you haven't gotten the Igor game. You haven't needed to have it the first two games because the Rangers just kind of won. And then game three, it tried to be the Igor game. He took 50-plus shots. Uh, but it's just unfortunately Kucherov makes an amazing drop pass. So you're you're expecting you're, you're you know you're going to get an Igor game one of these next three games. It's going to happen. Maybe you can get more than one. That'd be awesome. He can steal the game for you. But Vasilevsky, he looks vulnerable to me, and I'm sure he does to you at least a little bit as well. Oh yeah, I mean he hasn't been sharp at all. I mean rebounds all over the place, not moving great side to side. I mean there were a couple chances yesterday too where, you know, there's one that sticks out in my mind that was in the second period I think where. Laugh got like a cross ice pass from either Kako or Heedle, and he just hesitated like half a second before shooting blocker side, but it was open, like it was there. So, you know, they had chances, and, and like you said, Vasilevsky has not been, you know, like he's not scaring me. And to be completely honest, the the rest of the Lightning without Braden Point in the lineup, like they're a one line team, like it's that top line essentially. Although they they did finally insert you know, a forward in there to give him instead of going 11-7 to kind of balance out the lineup a little bit. But, I mean, their depth lineups, I mean, like, Pat McCaw, Maroon, or whatever his name is, he's always telling people I won three straight cups, you know, playing eight minutes a night or whatever. But, like, none of their depth players scare me. I mean, like, yeah, I, I just, like, they're not the same Tampa Bay Lightning to me that they were the last two years or even before that. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I'm not – really worried at all even if they lose tomorrow i'm not that worried because because they have home ice the rangers and you know 
I know that's kind of a horrifying thing to say, considering the Rangers pass on home ice against the Lightning in the playoffs, but yeah. it's a different team. So, you know, I, 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 I'm really not worried. Was, was, were, were people freaking out yesterday? I'm, I'm sure people were going to the hell. Fitz, before, before we start talking about how people were having meltdowns and freaking out, I know, like me, you're a big fan of the narrative. You love a good sport narrative. But has any narrative, has any narrative switch been funnier in any sport than before this series started, the Rangers went from playing AHL goalies to the best goalie in hockey to now everyone saying, well, we forgot to tell you that he can't raise his right arm. So if you just keep shooting over it, he's, he's just going to allow everything to go in. I think it's hilarious. I mean, the narrative shit is just so funny to me. I mean, you got, Andrew Filipponi or whatever. I don't work for Odyssey anymore, so I could shit on these people. Um, like that loser, like fucking talking shit about how the Penguins <laughs> would be in the Eastern Conference Final right now. Like, okay, bro, like sick. You're just completely, you know, misremembering that they had a three-one lead in the series, uh, multiple two-goal leads in Game Five, uh, leads in Game Six. Oh, and by the way, also uh, there was a whole another fucking series after that too. So you know, you think that the Penguins are going to roll over the Kings? Okay, awesome. Um. Yeah, the narrative shit's hilarious. I mean, people are just are just hurt. I mean, you got, you know, Dom Soyboy over at The Athletic deleting his tweets already about how, oh, what do you think the odds are the Rangers get the three against the Lightning? That's the next fucking banner they're going to hang in Toronto next to the, uh, the Leafs can beat any team in a seven-game series and almost beat the team that did win it all. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> Speaking speaking of the Leafs, Fitz, did you, did you see the, the let's make this about the Leafs storyline today? Oh, about if, Justin Bieber? Yeah, if this series goes seven, MSG has to host either the Rangers hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning or a Justin Bieber concert. Oh, well, well um, I wonder what James Dolan is going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. he, he might pick Bieber. They're no going to ro- roll out Donovan Mitchell courtside again for a game seven if it's there. <laughs> so, like, what, what are we even doing? They're gonna, they are, John Mitchell already has tickets to the, every single ever, every other MSG event the rest of the year, no matter what it is. What? He's got a season pass. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that honestly, like low key, the, the fact that like no NBA people talked about that a couple of weeks ago, where Donovan Mitchell was literally just sitting three rows from the ice for Game Seven at Madison Square Garden, like real, real drop off from my respect for NBA coverage. But not real, just that. The next fits the next day. He's sitting two rows behind the Met dugout, and Lindor mid game is just chatting him up, and no one's talking about it. And 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 he's tweeting about how like the game seven Rangers are top five. Like what what is happening? <laughs> Unbelievable tampering by Anyway, let's fire Quinn Schneider. This guy I gotta get this guy out of here real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quinn Schneider, who Donovan Mitchell has apparently has a great relationship with, is stepping down. Hmm. Wonder why. Hmm. Wonder why. Man, really weird. Strange. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg, you wanna talk about the meltdown? I mean the meltdown fits. See this is one of those moments where, lucky you, you you have another final you need to worry about with the Golden State Warriors. So you get to just log off and watch more sports. Well, then again, and so did I uh, with those damn New York Mets who just might be good God, this Medina. year. Fitz. I got news for you. Uh, I actually watched that game yesterday. I watched, I watched all the eighth inning on. It was awesome. You, you, you picked the right three innings to watch. We're big Adonis Medina boys. Everybody has a jersey. But anyway. Oh, love uh, them. Love them. <laughs> Yeah, no, the meltdown, it's unlike anything. It's not unlike anything I haven't seen before because this is Twitter. Everything is 700% extra, and everything seems life or death. But 
you would have thought that somehow the Rangers went back in time and lost game five to the Penguins. Uh, like, the amount of the amount of shit that people were throwing at Truba is I've I don't I don't have another sport comparison to guy who's pretty good had a rough game and now we're allowing our feelings to determine how we feel about this man based on this one bad game which by the way we're not going to acknowledge the fact that maybe the reason why the Rangers struggle on the penalty kill when Jacob Truba is in the box is because Jacob Truba is in the box and he's not on the ice to kill the penalty himself no I completely agree I mean Listen, I, I thought Truba didn't have his best game. A lot of them didn't have their best game. The the first two penalties were whatever. They were like kind of softball to me. The uh, the power play one was kind of it just bothered me because like that's been a recurring theme in these playoffs is that like that second power play unit just for whatever reason like once a game has just a turnover and like a shorthanded breakaway against. And I feel like you know Heedle did it in game seven against the Penguins. Truba's done it two or three times, so like that one was annoying to me. But like, yeah, Truba's. I'm I'm not worried. Like to me, you know, Truba and Miller have been amazing in this series for the most part, and honestly, most of the Carolina series too. So like, pretty much ever since they got their lunch taken by Crosby and Gensel, they've been. I I think they've been great, to be honest with you. It's it's annoying to me because I do respect stats and analytics. But there are a lot of times where I'm watching Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba and the stats say they're garbage. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. I think they've been pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah, Keandre, I, I, I think you would Ryan, have just, say, okay, well, just, just to back up, I want to back up your point before you go down a rabbit hole there. The, the thing that bothers me about how we evaluate defensemen is that, like, I feel like we're evaluating defensemen five on two. And we ignore what three forwards are out there on the ice with these guys that we're trying to look at and have objective opinions about with these advanced analytics like Truba and Miller are pulling the harder assignments, not just the guys they're playing, but they're also the guys Gallant trusts the most. If he's putting bad defensive forwards out there, like, yeah, I don't expect Artemi Panarin to win a Selkie. And I don't think Gallant does either, but I'm going to have Panarin out there more times than not with Miller and Truba, because I know they, they will do their best to clean up the mess that Panarin creates. If he creates one, it's also the style of play, Greg, where, Panarin can take those risks because he can rely on Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller to make up for those risks he can take. Same thing with, with Kopp. They can make those breakaways and rely on the length and speed of Truba and Miller. And But that none of that gets accounted for when we talk about, hey, this this chart this chart says red bars. I don't know. Keandre Miller says like he had a bad game. Like, no, dude, I watched Keandre Miller these playoffs. He's been fucking awesome the entire time. And, and I, there's been times where he gets he doesn't get slandered as much as Truba does because he's like, one of the kids that everybody loves, and I totally understand. And also, the agenda, which you started. Congratulations, Fitz. And Correct. Thank you. Yeah, that's credit to you. Credit to Fitz. But th- we watch the games and all that, and I hate to be the watch the games, I'm an old man kind of situation, but the stats just don't back it up. Jacob Trouba has been fine. He's been solid. He's been better than good because he, they're trying to exploit him. And then all of a sudden, because he takes two phantom penalties and one that he felt he needed to take, we're like, okay, let's, let's get him off the team. Like, I don't know, man. He's set the tone for this team in a lot of ways. And I don't even like. Tr- yeah. I said. I said this to Greg. I don't even like Truba that much, and I hate to defend him this way. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. No, I, I completely agree. Like to, to me, the only valid complaint is, and I heard you guys said this on OT yesterday as well. Um, oh, shout out! Like pro- probably time to give Keandre the keys to the second power play unit, right? Like I think that's kind of. 
I think that's like a, a, a something everyone is on board with at this point. You know what I mean? So like, other than that, I really don't have complaints about Jacob Drupal. Like, he's been fine. He's been fine. Like Fox has been much better lately. Lindgren is nailed. Schneider and Braun have been very serviceable. You know, so like the defense. You know, I think Greg made a really good point. Is like, you know, Uncle Rick used to say this all the time too. You know, the forwards play defense too. You know what I mean? It's not just the defensemen. So. Um, I completely agree with that. Like, I, I have no problem with Truba and Miller, that pairing specifically, especially the last two rounds. I think they've been phenomenal. So, you know, I think Truba's going to bounce back. If anything, I had to guess he's going to absolutely destroy someone in open in open ice, and then we're going to have a nice 24-hour yeah, nice dialogue 24 again. Hour dialogue of, of, is he a murderer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Public enemy number one, Jacob Truba. Yeah. Also, I just the thing I lose my mind about is, like, Oh, Jacob Truba, worst defenseman ever, cost the Rangers the game. That game was tied with 46 seconds left, by it's the way. It's not 6-1, Gregory. <laughs> like, like, they didn't get, this is what fucking blows my mind. This is what I'm going to get. I'm going to get like you. This is what makes me angry. The Rangers had a lead in this series. They were 2-2 with 41 seconds left. It's not like the Tampa Bay Lightning came out and ramshacked them. They didn't come out and absolutely destroy them. They had a 2-0 lead, most dangerous lead in hockey, notoriously. And then the the Tampa Lightning, two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, fight their way back and then score with 40 seconds left. And it wasn't a, a Rangers come out and get blown out the building. Like, 5 nothing. All It's an embarrassing performance. We're all sitting in silence. Can't believe they did that. The Rangers fought when they were the worst team the entire time. And all of a sudden, oh, we're terrible? What are we talking about? What are we doing? I, this team loves me- adversity. To me, the, 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 the one that really just grinds my gears and it still makes me angry, it's just like, yes, Truba took a two-minute penalty while the Rangers had a four-minute minor. But again, it's just like, oh, well, four-on-four four for the Rangers is a penalty kill. They can't do anything yeah, at four-on-four. Right? Four. What? Like, I'm pretty sure the Rangers, one of the most dynamic offensive teams in the NHL when their top forwards are going great. And by the way, they have so many top forwards that it shouldn't be a problem to get two of them on the ice at the same time. They can't do anything at four on four for two minutes. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, no, it's just absurd. It's just, it's just like it's the first time they've lost in three games, so everyone's all like, you know, doom and gloom. I, I said this to you guys a couple weeks ago. Like, it's just been so long since they've been in the playoffs that like no one is used to the ups and downs of being in the playoffs, right? Like, they don't get frustrated. They don't get like all panicked after losses and stuff. So why should we? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Like I said, I'm, I'm not worried. Like I. Fitz, this is all gone pretty much according to how I thought it was going to go. You Fitz, know they mean? were down three once to the Penguins. They were down three two to the Carolina Hurricanes, and we, you and I, were sitting there like, "This is they, we got them right where they want them." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got them right oh, yeah, where they want them. Down. It's just, it's just even you like they, they needed a little adversity, and they finally got it. Who knows if Strom plays tomorrow? If I were betting men, I would say no because. You know, glance that he's ready to go, but you know, we all know what that's worth. So, you know, even if he doesn't play, I, I, I just like to me the 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 Lightning have no answer for the kid line. So, like the kid line is just going to continue to give them hell. Like, you know, someone said this, you know, on Twitter the other day. Like, the the kid line to Tampa this time around is what that triplets line was to the Rangers in 2015. Like, that's going to be the difference to me in the series and. You know, I, I just, I just like, I have no complaints about this team right now. I mean, Philip Heedle all of a sudden is like the best forward on the team, like out of nowhere. So, like, I, what, what am I going to complain about? I mean, like, again, it was all gravy after Pittsburgh. 
they have a real chance here, a real chance to make the Stanley Cup final, which is just I can't even believe I'm saying it. So I, like, it, it feels like you're lying, doesn't it? Like, it feels like we're having a fake conversation, like we're cosplaying being fake Ranger fans. Yeah, it's like it's, like it's the pandemic again where you guys are doing the 94 rewatch. Like, I almost feel like it's that. It's ridiculous. It's insane. And, and uh, yeah, we're, oh, Greg, go on, Greg. Sorry. Not, non, non-Ranger news, but it's cracking me up. So apparently the Boston Bruins have fired Bruce Cassidy. Oh, God. Um, oh, yeah, you guys didn't see that? No, oh, we well, we. Right, Fitz, you might not you might not know this, but we record a podcast when news breaks in the NHL. It's just it's oh, something yeah, that yeah. happens. But here's the quote from Don Sweeney: uh, After taking some time to fully digest everything, I felt that the direction of our team for both this season and beyond would benefit from a new voice. If I hear one more person whose voice is the most important voice in the room tell me that they need a new voice and don't understand the irony of that statement, I'm gonna have a full on meltdown. I mean. We all follow, like, a decent amount of Bruins fans. Like, obviously, shout-out to Sarah Griffin, the GOAT. She's she's a legend. But, like, they're all, like, despondent right now, Bruins fans. Like, my you know, my sister's fiancé is a, a mass hole, and he was like, that makes no sense. It should have been Sweeney who went. I mean, that that's uh, – the Bruins are going to be bad next year. Dude, they lost really in bad. seven to the Hurricanes. A good team, by I know. the way. Who also the, the, played a seven-game series the, after. The hur- the hurricanes were so disappointing. Like they like I was just so disappointed by them. Like me Brian, me and you off air, offline, all year long were just like, Yeah, Carolina's the best team in the East in the league probably. Like they were just so good in the regular season and they were just so underwhelming in the playoffs. Like I I, I just I'm still shocked by that, you know? Like they were to me like the measuring stick and while the series went seven games and obviously the Rangers were down two nothing and but like in the games in games five, six and seven, I was just like so underwhelmed with the Hurricanes. They were just so disappointing. That that was the difference between them and the Tampa Bay Lightning is that the Tampa Bay Lightning big guns were gonna show up. We like we yes. knew Kucherov and Stamkos would be the problem, right? It's when the other guys start scoring that that's the issue. Like even that Palak goal, like that's a Kucherov goal in my eyes. Kucherov makes that yeah. happen. Yeah, Pilat, uh, not my plot. Kucherov in general yesterday, he was just he was buzzing for the first time in that series. He looked great yesterday. Yeah, it turns yeah, it's out a shame. it's really a shame good. that team doesn't have to follow the salary cap in any way that is meaningful <laughs> or impactful to the rest of the roster decisions. Very strong. Oh no, we're go- we're going there. No, are we no, getting- we're are- good. Should we go there? We're good. We're good. Uh, what happens when Trotz goes to Boston? See, like, oh, you, think you! I hadn't I even thought of that. I wouldn't even <laughs> go to Boston if I was him. Boston's you, gonna suck, dude. There's like a legitimate chance they could end up in in, in getting. Oh my god, I'm I'm already talking. I already see it happening. I tweeted this before too. Yeah, I saw. Bergeron it. retires. Marshawn and Backward both gonna miss the start of next season. They're gonna be ass, and then they're gonna somehow win the lottery and get Bedard. It's like yeah, I heard. I heard that on Thirty Two Thoughts today as well. I think Friedman said his friend who hates Boston texted him that exact scenario, and he's like everybody is out to conspire against me because I hate Boston, which makes Boston good. I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be, I, I think they'll be okay to start the season. Yeah, well, it's going to be great when DeBrusque is still there, by the way. Yeah. It's going to be if Bergeron comes back or not. That's really going to be the big, the big thing. Yeah, I can see that. Remember that DeBrusque for Heedle trade rumor? Boy, that's a good one. 
Remember when DeBrusque fired his agent to help? Remember when DeBrusque signed an extension thinking if I do this, it'll help get me traded? By the way, like, everything yeah. about Jake DeBrusque is fucking weird, man. By the way, Bruins said no. Not the Rangers. The Bruins said no. Well, that, that makes sense when they have Eric Hall as their 2C right now. So, you know, really, who really needs Philip Beetle? Playoff Philip Beetle. Do you expect? Well, now, now it's like you know, we'll talk about the salary cap in the summer because now we have a lot of interesting salary cap conversations to have in the coming years. Uh, do, what what adjustments do you expect to happen, if any, Fitz? I don't really see too many. Maybe Gallant tries to free up Mika's line a little more because I know that you know for yes. our, uh, Ray Ferraro pointed that out. He he kind of uh, Cooper kind of was trying to match um, what was it the Sorelli line right against Mika. Um, so maybe he tries to free that up. I, to me, if Strom doesn't play, I personally would put Mott with Cop and Panarin because I think he's in like that Jesper Foss Blackwell type role um, that he would excel in. But to me, they just need to play the way they played in the first period yesterday and in games one and two. I mean, like you know, they're to, to me like the adjustments were pretty clear against Pittsburgh and Carolina because of the way they forechecked. Um, especially their defensemen along the walls, like when they were pinching down. The Lightning, I don't think, do that as much. And to be honest, like the Rangers have gotten like good odd man rushes against Tampa because like they give them the opportunity to exit. If they can exit their zone zone clear like cleanly, they're gonna get chances. So to me, that first breakout pass is gonna be really big. Um, whether it's the center, winger, defenseman, if you could get you know spring it, then a lot of good transition opportunity will come from that. Um, you know, the power play just needs to keep clicking. It looked good to start yesterday. It didn't finish well yesterday. Uh, maybe shore up some things on the PK a little bit. Um, but to be honest, like, I, I really don't think there's, like, a glaring adjustment that needs to be made. Like, there's – I, the, the Rangers, to me, like, this is where their youth should take over. You know what I mean? Like, Tampa's played a lot of hockey the last couple of years a lot of hockey and like these dudes aren't you know spring chickens to begin with so you know those fresh legs the kid line Mika Kreider you know Keandre stepping into the play Fox stepping up into the play Lindgren Truba like they just got to be relentless and just wear these guys down it's a conversation Ryan and I had earlier on the show that I'm interested to hear your take if you had to nominate one ranger for the con smite who is it Oh, that's a good one. Um, there's a really big part of me that wants to say Filipino. Don't you fucking dare. So, Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> it's just been so unexpected. Um, oh, man. Uh, Fitz, you know what? Say no more because I was Team Hedo and was making the argument for Hedo. I mean, it, it would probably be Mika because he's that's just been on guy. such a tear. But, like, like I, I think there's – I mean, Hedo, to me – has been their best forward at even strength the entire playoffs from game one until now. Um, you think? Well, I, I, let me hear the counter. No, there is no counter. No, that, my counter is that it. it's amazing. I said it's unbelievable, bro. He was getting he was getting power play one minutes yesterday when Strom went out, which actually, to be honest, I kind of fucking love that, even though they didn't score because I think with the way Heedle's been shooting, him in that bumper spot. It's just so much more scary than Strom, in my opinion. So, I, I Phil Tiedel has just like like I, I wasn't I wasn't like I I wouldn't say I was one of the people who was like out on him around the trade deadline, but I would have been like, 
if he was gone, I would be like, yeah, it's whatever. Like, hopefully he finds his footing somewhere else. But it's like now it's just like, God damn, this, this guy has answered the bell and then some just the entire playoffs. Yeah, he has. Uh, I mean, at least we're not the Oilers. Probably going to get swept and have the greatest player on earth ever or maybe like top two player of all time. So that's nice, right? Cool. Yeah, if this was the NBA, Scott Foster would be refing that game tonight, <laughs> making sure it goes five. Yeah, it's already one nothing as we're recording. So. Colorado? Yeah, McCarr. So, oh God! Damn Turns out if he's like a penalty against Carolina, the guy, the Colorado, the guy who's good. actually going to win the Conn Smythe this year, Cal McCarr. Cal McCarr. He's quite. Are good. you saying the Rangers can't beat the Colorado Avalanche, Greg? I'm saying that McCarr has done enough where I think he wins it regardless. I think so. I think so. He's, I he's been incredible, incredible. The the player that wins it if the Rangers win is Igor Shesterkin. That is the actual answer. A quick funny story on Kale McCarr. Like, one of my good friends who's a lacrosse player who who was a former lacrosse player, but, like, he watches hockey a lot, like, just because he likes the sport. And he thought for, like, three and a half months that Kale McCarr was a forward. Like, he was just, like, I, he was convinced he was a forward by the way he played. And, like, I don't know, maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, we were watching, uh, like, game one of Colorado Edmonton. And – I was like, I just made like a random comment. Like, yeah, it's crazy that he's able to do all this as a defenseman. He was like, shut the fuck up. Are you serious? He's a defenseman? I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's, he's no Adam Fox, though. No, no Adam Fox, for sure. <laughs> My, my, the, way I, the way I do the logic with Cal McCarr and Adam Fox is, I go, you know, when McCarr loses his speed, Fox is still going to have his brain. So really, <laughs> we, we really win long term when you think about it. <laughs> that's amazing that's like saying when draymond loses his offensive ability he'll just be able to, to keep doing it with his iq yeah that's why you know eventually kevin McCarr is gonna get older and but adam fox will always have his brain that's what i'm talking about it's a very average athlete it's just saying better player long term better what better investment <laughs> <laughs> that's my way to go um i think that's it for the show uh, uh anything else gregory oh no i no no, let, let, let's go Mets. Love it to Mets. Oh, uh, quick one. Yeah. Two more five-star questions real quick. Uh, what would you give Gr- uh, Gallant as his uh, playoff performance grade? Interesting. A minus? Yeah, I think it's been pretty good. Fitz? Yeah, I'll, I'll say A minus. All right. Um, and this is an interesting one from Viking Draft. Do you see any possibility of Strom playing on the fourth line tomorrow? Maybe as like a playing while hurt situation? No. Me either. I don't like Ryan Strom when he's playing healthy, so no. <laughs> Yeah, he's been uh, he's been the worst top nine forward. I don't think it's been close. Easily. Without without a doubt, there's no there's no question in my mind. He, I, it's so before we go, but just like we've been saying, I feel like this all year that it's like Ryan Strom is so important to the team, yet he pisses me off so goddamn much. Like compared to every single player on the team, like they need him, but at the same time, I fucking can't stand him sometimes. Well, the best was Pete Blackburn discovering that Ryan Strom misses open nets, and him being like, <laughs> him him on Twitter being like, "Wow, it feels like Ryan Strom misses a lot of open nets," and all the Rangers Twitter being like, "Yeah, welcome, thank you. I'm so happy you have pointed this out for us. Where have we been?" There's probably, I mean, in the last two seasons alone, fifteen examples of it. Maybe Pete follows it's, me. There's no way he didn't know. Let's put it that way. There's no unless I'm muted. There's no way he did not know. Period. 
I don't know. People aren't, you know, people aren't up to date on the Rangers. They're just not even supposed to be here. Apparently, they they're just a trash team, trash organization. Apparently, oh my nothing God. good about it. Well, next time fuck, we're here, ninety three seven, the fan. It's I can't though. I can't do it. Uh, I'm call, I'm calling into that show. I didn't do it today, but I'm calling into that show. I let me know when you do so I can listen. So we will be we'll be back next week. It's either game seven. Or the Rangers have or have won the series in six or lost the series in six. I can't believe we're still doing shows. <laughs> Ryan, have you have you considered the fact that we've already had to do one OT from the comfort of a bachelor party, and now there's a very real possibility we have to do an OT from the comfort of that boy's wedding? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! A wedding podcast would 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 do numbers off the off the charts. I can't. The that's that's the twenty third, right? Twenty. No, it's the twenty second. Oh my God, no! It's a it's a Ranger game that night. If it's the Stanley Cup, is it not? No, it's it. the The wedding date is a Friday. It's it 22nd, is Friday. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the Cup 22nd? starts June eighteenth. Yep. Oh no, uh, we're good. the The wedding's on the seventeenth, I believe. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm, I'm in it. I should know the date. You really should. Pretty, okay. pretty sure it's the seventeenth. Okay. Woo. All right. Woo. All right. Anyway, uh, I don't know. We literally done... hear Ryan's heart drop. On, We've done too on many OTs, and I would get murdered. So um, we'll be back next week. You know that. Uh, and if you want to listen to BSB OTs, you know where to find it. Patreon.com. That's what we do. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye. All right. I want to thank our NHL Insider Club, part of our chat where we talk all the NHL Insider stuff. Sometimes we get scoops, who's hurt, who's injured, what's the trade rumor, etc. And the people that are the top supporters of the show, I cannot thank you enough. Appreciate all our Patreons, but got to give a shout out to these 75 people. I can't believe there's 75 of you. And I try and speed run this every single week. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cretulo, Adam Keach, Adam, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Anthony Terragata, Ben Wetter, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brett McGinnis, Brett, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder, uh, Chris Finelli, Chris Haru, CJ Selwagen, Con- Conrad P. Demich, Daniel Dezen, David Narodin, Dennis Deitch, Darian, Eric Stagg, Gar- Garrett Rainis, Skip Gardner Cup, Gary McFly, Gretzky, Garrett McFly. I don't know why I say Garrett anymore. I know you. I know you're removed. I still say it. it's in my mind. Handle Harrison Hasco, Hip Hip eighty nine, Hollisos, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake B, James uh, Mashker, Jamie Filipponi, Filipponi. I I say it different every week. Jerry and Marquez, Jimmy Mac, JD, uh, JJ, JJ, Frankie, JJ. Man, that's a hard one. John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock. Welcome back, Mr. Thundercock. Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Justin Freeman, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, Laura Ross, the legend, Lazak Grokowski, Lou Giordano, uh, Matthew Kind, also another legend, Matt, Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Nicholas DiNicola, Pascal Perrier, Pagel, Pavel Kodrev, Pro World of Tanks Gamer. Wow. A pro, I mean, I gotta know. Randy Tester, Scottish Grant, Sean Carlson, Sean Taggart, Stephen Manella, Steve Bulbach from also, uh, Swingart, Thomas Welsh, Tommy Seclary, Tom Arch Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Torg from Manhattan, our original number one supporter, Upstate Vin, Vinnie Bracco, Vinnie Hay, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Cannot thank you enough. Why not us? That's my question. It's something you should ask yourself. The Rangers are up 2 enough, 2 1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. They have a chance to go back to MSG 3-1. It's been a tremendous run. This team has been stupid amounts of fun. I can't. I, it's, I, it's hard for me to imagine a, te- uh, a team I've loved more. It's a very special ride, and I'm just going to enjoy the good moments from now on. Do I want the cup? Yes. It's the one thing I... It's like 
if they want to be a top three day of my life. Just get it that way. But let's just get there one game at a time, shall we? All right. Uh, it's been a long couple weeks. Thank you so much for the support. We have a lot ahead of us. Let's go Rangers. We'll be back next Monday morning. Monday night. I'm sorry. it's My brain is fried. Monday m- night, we will be recording. It'll be up Tuesday morning. And the Rangers will either have a game seven or they won or lost the series. We'll have a lot to break down at that point in time. If you want to follow us throughout the week, you know where to go. Orion Meet on Twitter, Blue Shirts Break, and also on Patreon, we have the BSBOTs. Love you guys. We'll be back next week. Bye.